How's everybody doing today? <laughs> I hope everyone is good. We have an awesome topic for you today about... Do you want to explain it? Yes, the disease of addiction and alcoholism does not discriminate. Yeah. So with the recent unfortunate deaths of both Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, we really wanted to talk about this stuff and how addiction affects everyone, whether you're rich, you're poor, you're seemingly successful on the camera constantly. It doesn't matter. It affects everyone. So we would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this as well. So make sure you leave us a comment in the section below and we will interact with you, give you any feedback or give you any answers to help that you're looking for. My name is uh, Frankie and uh, I live in Virginia. I have been sober since October uh, 4th, 2016. Um, took me a long time to, to get there. 15 plus years of drinking and using. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, if you if you feel comfortable talking about it, what was that point that you realized that you needed to make a change in your life? Um, well, I believe it. Uh, I believe it definitely. I knew it for a long time. Uh, I was an alcoholic at a young age, and uh, by the time I was 18, I kind of rest because of alcohol. So I quit drinking and didn't drink for seven years. Uh, but during that time, I picked up opiates and cocaine and every other kind of drug. And then at 25, I got off the hard drugs and figured that I could start drinking again. So mm. I started drinking again. But once I started drinking again, all those hard drugs came back. And that yeah. happened for several years mm -hmm. um, until I was 29. And I wanted to, you know, get completely sober, and I knew I had to make a change because I didn't want to die. I yeah. didn't want to put my mother through the same things that I had seen my friends' mothers go through or what my grandmother had went through with her son. So I just didn't, uh, didn't want to die, and I knew it for a long time, and I just really had to uh, make the change and move, move locations and you know, really change people, places, and things, and actually do it from the heart for myself. Yeah, that's amazing, and congratulations again. That's a, that's amazing stuff. What um, what in your opinion? What advice would you give to someone that's that's listening to you right now? That maybe they are struggling uh, with an addiction, whether it be drugs or alcohol, or if it's uh, a loved one, a parent that maybe they have a child or they have someone that they know that's struggling. For me, I, I would say that being positive in negative situations is what gets me through and has gotten me through, um, many hardships in both active addiction and in sobriety. Hmm. It's when, when things are happening, I try to find that little nugget of positivity and find something in this negative situation. I love it. And offshoot from that, you know, and find yeah. that and grab onto it and use it. And also, if it's a family member um, struggling with, you know, a family member uh, using, you know, have that compassion of understanding, but also the sternness of that, you know, this person is not going to, you know, and change until they really, really want to. Yeah. You have to hold on hope, but you almost have to distance yourself 
in a bit, but in a loving manner. You know, never give up, but, you know, um, but always, uh, you know, have that understanding and compassion. Yeah, yeah, it's hard sometimes as a parent. For sure. So what do you have uh, going on today? What are you up to in life? Today, uh, today uh, I'm off work from a job that I work full-time at. Uh, I've had this job for over a year and a half, and I'm in good standing, and I'm a good employer, or a good employee, rather. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. I, I'm very involved in uh, my recovery community. I go to meetings uh, still every day. Hmm. Um, if I'm not, I, I do work at double sometimes on, on the weekends if I'm, uh, but if I'm, if I'm not doing anything, I'm in a meeting. I, I'm in the, I'm in the sense of where I go out and I try and seek helping somebody else today. You know, I go to a meeting to try and help somebody else. I'm actively hmm. always seeking to pick up a sponsee because it helps me. Yeah. So I'm always trying to help myself and help others. Yeah. Uh, every day, you know, I, I, uh, I go out and I try and do something uh, to benefit others, which benefits myself. It all just works. But also, uh, I work with a nonprofit organization called Arise and Flourish. Hmm. And what we do is we go into middle schools and high schools and we talk to uh, these kids um, about addiction and about alcoholism. And we talk to wow. them in a candid manner to where I come I come in as a real person. Yeah. I'm not a teacher, I'm not a police officer, I'm not a parent. And we talk to them in a candid manner and let them know uh, my experiences. You know, yeah. I come from a family where both of my parents were police officers and my mom went to law school and I went to private schools and played ice hockey. But I ended up, you know, drinking hard liquor and doing hard drugs. You know, so it doesn't matter where you come from, but it matters what you, how you handle these situations and getting through them. And then we also do something interactive uh, exercise with them on the whiteboard mm. to where we show them, um, we list out problems in, in, li- in our lives mm-hmm. and explain to them the brain chemistry of, you know, we yeah. use drugs for the effect because it makes us feel good. Yeah. We develop this craving. And then after the craving, we go on a binge or a run and then we're left with remorse and guilt. And then after the remorse and guilt, we're left right back there with life again. Right. And it just goes over and over. And we explain to them the, the mental and the physical part of it. You know, you know, once I start, I can't stop. And then once I stop, I can't stay stopped. Mm. And then we just, it's an obsession and a compulsion. And we explain to them that it just goes round and round in this vicious cycle. Yeah. And a lot of us die. A lot of us die, and we don't even get to receive the help we need, but we have to reach out for help and ask for help. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I try and do in my free time is to try and educate others around me to better understand this disease. Um, and and it helps me. You know, it helps me to be able to share my experiences with other people, um, especially children Hmm. because although I look at them and I see children I was I was going to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings when I was 15 years old Mm -hmm. Um, so I was I was right there Mm -hmm. you know so if I can change one life and help one kid understand themselves or their friends or their family it gives me a purpose 
you know, it's another that I'm doing the right thing. That's so amazing, and it, it sounds like a truly inspiring program. And and your approach is great because it's really relatable to the individuals. It's not some distant thing with cops saying no, you know. <laughs> um, what is the the website of the program so our listeners can uh, check it out if they want to learn more? Oh yeah, sure. It's uh, it is www.ariseandflourish.org. And we're also on Facebook, we're on social media, um, as am I. And Arise and Flourish and myself personally are always willing to talk to somebody and my phone is always on. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll be sure to uh, link that website and the Facebook page in the uh, um, description of this episode as well. Frankie, thank you so much again for, for doing this, sharing your journey, sharing your story, and sharing your wisdom. Yeah, man, I love it, and uh, I'll uh, make my way out to California sometime to see you guys. Ah, sounds great. I look forward to it. Pez, you want to jump in? Why do you think that celebrities or seemingly successful people are affected by addiction? Well, I mean, uh, for one, obviously, celebrities are human beings, too, and... Mm -hmm. Um, just because of their stature or their status and who they've become in their lives doesn't mean that um, they're not going to get caught up in the world of addiction and alcoholism. As a matter of fact, I mean, it's obvious. They, mm. Hollywood parties and all the different yeah. uh, places that they go and what they do, it's all kind of, it's all based around a party. Mm. Like when they do it, when they, when they film, finish filming and it's a wrap, mm -hmm. where do they go? They all go celebrate. Yeah, you know, after party. After party. And then yeah. the after party after the after party. Mm. And it's not like it's in a... In a dumpy place, it's sure. usually in a high-end uh, Hollywood Hills home, Beverly Hills home. Lots of uh, you know what? different parties with lots of drinking and, and of course, a lot, a lot, a lot of drugs. That's an interesting thing that you bring up. It almost glamorizes drug use. I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it for one second. Yeah, I mean, looking at looking at movies like uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Did you see that? Yeah. Those Hollywood parties in there where everyone's doing uh, cocaine and, and drinking and, and all kind of, they're doing like quaaludes in that movie. And they make they make they, it look really cool. They make it look interesting, which is and uh, okay. I mean, let's let's take a look at like all the different celebrities over the years. There's been so many yeah. that have died from addiction or yeah. or drug related incidents that happened. For example, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, and uh, what, Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of my favorite actors. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Um, you know, there was Janis Joplin. There's Jim Morrison. There's um, so many different people mm. that um, that have yeah. somehow Prince. Prince yeah, and that's um, something that you know there was not a lot Janis of people. Joplin, there's Amy, Jim Amy Morrison. A lot of the list goes on. Amy Winehouse. We knew we knew she wasn't yeah. well. So uh, what happens? You know what what is it that makes um, these people? Obviously, because they're high profile and everybody knows who they are, it becomes publicized more and it gets talked about. But even then. Um, you know, we lose them. It gets talked about for a short amount of time, and then it, it's mm -hmm. kind of forgotten. Like, not yeah. a lot of people really talk about Elvis dying from in drugs right. or Michael Jackson. And it's best to remember them for their accomplishments and who they were. But let's look at the reality of things. The reality is is that they still uh, were actively abusing and using drugs and alcohol and end up dying because of it. It's, it's a very sad thing. Yeah. Um, and when I, you know, when we talked about this earlier today, the reason that we even came up with this topic is because, um, obviously, celebrities die from it, but it, it it can be anybody, right? So a lot. What I've noticed it can be, you know, the poorest people in yeah. Skid Row 
Or the executives of or the executives, Fortune 500 you know, companies. And drugs are drugs. Like, no matter how you look at it, some people yeah. think that some are worse than others. If you have an addiction, your addiction can expand and go in all different areas. Yeah. Addiction comes in many different forms, shapes, um, styles, you know. So uh, it's, it's very sad. I know that um, I have some friends that are celebrities, and they're mm. in recovery, and mm-hmm. it's really nice. Like, back in the day, I remember when I was in the 80s, we were, uh, cocaine was really big. Right, mm. and I remember there was a movie called Less Than Zero, mm. and uh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's Robert Downey Jr. was in that okay. movie. Okay, so um, he played his role perfectly. I mean, he, mm. you really, it, it was a captivating performance. You mm-hmm. watched it, you just felt like he's a full blown. He had, played his right? role and, um, perfectly. I mean, he, mm. he ended up kind he of living really, that it lifestyle. Was after captivating like, performance. After he kind of became his character in that movie, and that's what's sad. You know, sometimes. Um, people can really present themselves and play the role really well, but actually like, they might actually be playing it really well because they're living it too. Mm. And that's what's yeah. sad. You know, sometimes what do you think is uh, the, people can really the difference present themselves in resources the really available well, but actually, and how that impacts they might actually be playing the success it rate. So if someone is maybe not as wealthy or maybe doesn't have health insurance, the resources that are available to them versus – highly successful people and or celebrities what's the difference in resources that are available to them i mean you know when it comes to recovery and how whatever resources are available you'll find good people that are teaching recovery in many different arenas in many different areas you know sometimes uh they don't have to always be in the best counselors don't always have to be in like the high-end malibu Mm -hmm. homes you know or Malibu treatment centers. Um, sometimes in a county facility, you may just find some guy that happens to be a counselor there. Mm. That's the real deal, and, yeah. and will tell you how it is and show you. It's in, and that's the thing about treatment. Treatment isn't designed to keep you sober. Mm-hmm. Um, we are hoping that when people go to treatment, it opens a gate, a doorway into getting long-term sobriety. It's about breaking the resistance to mm. obtaining long-term sobriety it's about giving you the keys the tools working through the deep-rooted issues the trauma you know sexual trauma uh, different types of trauma the triggers all of that stuff the point of that is so that you go to treatment you break down your resistance to staying sober you learn how to stay sober they give you all the different tools and then on top of that when you leave treatment you carry on and you get that long-term sobriety that's the goal of treatment Mm, yeah that's great i want to open this up to any questions uh before we jump in next uh what what's your opinion on this subject matter do you have any experiences or thoughts or where are you just watching from we'd love to uh see where in the world we're reaching out yeah so let us know um mean you know what's amazing to me is is that like even some of the friends that I told you that are celebrities, like mm. they were childhood childhood mm. stars, right? So we always know, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Todd Bridges and the many other types of yeah. childhood stars. The the type of path they're really big when they're kids. Yeah, they grow up and they may not get the parts that they used to get. They yeah. may not. Uh, they may not. They may have already gotten into drugs and alcohol at a very young age and experimented, and then it's become a full blown addiction. And before you know it, nobody wants to hire them because they're not well. You yeah. know, they're not a full human being. They're not even capable of acting. So uh, they go down a dark path, yeah. and, and mm. a lot of depression is endured. Obviously, yeah. uh, I believe that when we hear about these more recent 
uh, type of stories. If they tr truly did die the way they did, uh, you, you wonder when somebody's a, a celebrity and they have so many beautiful and wonderful, supposedly on the outside, it appears that they have so many beautiful and wonderful things going on, new projects, new products, different types of things that are coming out that they're putting out. Why would someone hang themselves? Why would they shoot themselves? Why would they kill? Why would they commit suicide? And I believe truly, um, it's it's got to be you know, if if they really are dying in that fashion, in that sense, it's got to be depression, you know. And, yeah. and some of the very best uh, comedians and performers that we've seen have yeah. have suffered from yeah, depression. Robin Williams, Robin Williams, really, you know, really sad recent one. And one has to wonder a person like him. He had a million personalities on yeah. camera, right? The yeah. guy was the funniest guy ever. I mean, he could make anybody laugh, right? He always made me laugh, and it takes a lot for a good yeah. comedian to make me laugh. But <laughs> to hear that he he was depressed, it's very sad. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes in a celebrity celebrity's lifestyle too. Um, you can be as much as there's so many people around you that want to be in your world mm. in your your world can become very lonely because mm. you always have that status that you know people expect you to live up to and they all forget that you're actually a human being too mm. so you'll seclude yourself you'll isolate yourself sometimes you'll become a full full-on recluse and not really have communication with the outside world and then you, it gets lonely mm. it, you know as much as i'm sure as much as you have all the different people that will answer to you that become your yes men and do all that um it becomes lonely in that world so yeah, I, I'd love to dive deeper into that. So do you think there's a lot of stigma attached? Well, there is stigma attached. But if you were in such a, a powerful position like that, do you think they they don't know how to reach out? They don't know what to do because they need to seem perfect. Do you think that plays any part? It definitely plays a part. Um People can say that certain celebrities, they could have, should have, would have done certain things to mm. get the help. But um, a lot of times I think that uh, they're afraid that people will think less of them. Yeah. You know, and it's very mm. sad to say that sometimes um, some celebrities' egos will get the best of them because they're afraid to humble themselves to the point where they uh, look like they are less than or they are actually capable of suffering. Uh, Eminem is in recovery. He's very mm -hmm. open about being in recovery. Yeah. Um, and in one of his albums, the recovery album, he talks about um, how how much of a dark, how dark of a world he had. Mm -hmm. And he, he goes in, in depth about, you know, who he was, who he'd become, what he'd gotten into, how uh, he kept slipping and falling and scraping his knee and getting back up, but in the end, like, giving it his all. Yeah. And that's what it takes is to get out of your own way, to get over yourself, mm -hmm. not to realize that really just because you are a public figure and everybody on earth knows who you are, um, you're still human and you're yeah. very capable of still getting caught up. And, you know, pain meds uh, or, or pain, you know, opiates, opioids you know any kind of drugs like that they're highly addictive mm -hmm. once you start you know if you get into it and you gain develop a dependency it's so hard to quit mm -hmm. you know yeah let's backtrack a little bit to a point that you brought up earlier in this episode and and maybe this is an entire episode that we can do again in the future but talking about the the youth in uh -huh. this aspect, right. uh, particularly child celebrities and, and maybe children as well under the age of 18. I know a lot of treatment centers operate 18 plus, right. uh, but we really haven't talked about the youth side of that. And I know there is a lot of youth addiction. Right. So uh, 
yeah, give, give us some insight on that, uh, particularly how youth child stars uh, kind of get into uh, drug use and addiction and what resources are available for young people that are struggling. Well, I don't think that there's enough resources for adolescents at this time, you know, not for the youth. Um, there, there are more and more centers that are starting to sprout up mm. that uh, help specialize. If anybody mm-hmm. ever needed help with an adolescent, mm-hmm. I do know who the best of the best are. Okay. I, I refer to the very best. And Great. I used to work with different – I used to actually work in an adolescent facility, so um, I've met some people. Yeah. But I, I will say that um, – I believe that the kids that get caught up in this stuff, whether they be celebrities or not, a lot of kids grow up too fast. I mean, these days, mm-hmm. let's let's be real. Uh, most kids that are at the, that are ten years old are actually acting and functioning like a eighteen year old. You know, sure, they're much more advanced. They've got the internet. They've got all these different resources to where yeah. their brains are developing and moving at a, at a much higher rate than, let's say, someone like me that was born in the seventies, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, my three year old nephew knows how to work an iPhone <laughs> more so than my mom does. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I mean, kids are advanced. Good point. And mm-hmm. that, that goes with experimentation, too. They will try things. You know, yeah. curious kids are going to try drugs. I think a lot of the celebrity mm-hmm. kids that get caught up in that world is because um, they grew up too fast. A lot is, mm-hmm. a lot is expected of them between yeah. acting classes, getting the uh, role, getting the position, and then playing the role right and being, you know, they got they have to act more maturely than what they... Yeah, they what miss they, out on a, an entire childhood. They don't ever really... Exactly. Right. They don't ever really get to grow up. Yeah. So... What happens like in those Hollywood parties? I'm sure that um, just like just like Uncle Jimmy that likes to give his um, his nephew Billy sips off of his beer. I think in that type of an environment, there would probably be some adults that would be like treating this kid as an adult too, because he's acting like an adult. Mm. And sometimes when you're loaded and you're an older person and an older individual, and you see, oh, that kid, yeah, he's the the famous one. Um, here, you want to try some of this? It may start out with a little puff off some weed, with a little drinky drink, and then that could just expand into other things. Hey, we all got some cocaine. You want to try this too? Ah, you're 17. You're almost 18. You're a big boy, right? Mm. Things like that. Um, a lot of my, a lot of my friends that are you know celebrities that were teens. They got all their parts. I got a few friends that were um, on major shows and in some major movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they they started at a very young age, um, mm. and some of them straight up turned out homeless. Wow! In Skid Row, mm. cracked so, out, heroined out. So sad to hear. So and they were no different. I mean, yeah. no different in in that environment. If you saw them on the street, you wouldn't even know that they were that celebrity years yeah. before because they basically just deteriorated. And they, they look like different people. Mm. Interesting. So how about higher level executives? So say you are not a celebrity, but you're you're doing very well. Right. Do you think there's still a lot of those feelings that you need to be superior and you can't show weakness mm-hmm. associated with them as well? And maybe even like tell me about employee assistance programs and, and how that works and what resources are available to to people that are a little higher up but are also struggling with addiction. So, again, when people have a higher position, they're more of the elite variety. Mm. Again, that that could we could call it ego. Mm. We could call them accomplished in life. Uh, we can call them uh, people who are fully self-supporting and able to uh, obtain 
things, do things, but when it comes to actually admitting that they have like a problem with alcoholism, like mm-hmm. pilots, for example. Yeah. Do you think a pilot wants to go to any HR executive and say, uh, sure. I have a major drinking problem? Yeah. Uh, from what I've learned from a couple of friends that work in the airlines is that they're supposed to have on time and off time from drinking. So like mm. if they're doing a lot of flying, what, like, let's say they do 12 hours of flying, right? Mm. There's, there's supposed to be a break time. So if they like to go out and have some drinks, mm-hmm. during the next 12 hours, that's their off time from any kind of you know, oh, interesting. You know, drinking activity. So, okay. But an alcoholic right. or a possible alcoholic might cheat and go into other times that are in the mm. off time, you know, in the on, mm-hmm. on time. So, you know, and, and then... That's a scary thought. We've seen the movie Flight. You think that's yeah. that's fake? That's real. Oof. I mean, it was based off a true story, from what I understand. Mm. And also, they made it because there's a lot of alcoholism and drug addiction that runs rampant in certain higher end positions. I think a lot of uh, ex- very interesting. A, a lot of executives, attorneys, people like that are in high power uh, positions. They're not going to be your your typical. Uh, heroin addict, but mm-hmm. they will experiment with cocaine. Mm. Cocaine and uh, alcohol go hand in hand. One mm. complements the other. Mm. Um, one enhances the other mm. and vice versa. When you uh, drink just alcohol, you're going to feel a certain way, but you throw some cocaine in the mix and you can stay up all night long. Hmm. And it's, you know, often you will find high-powered uh, executives that end up um, getting hotel rooms and staying in these elegant places mm. and and living that type of lifestyle and they'll go out and party with friends but the party just doesn't end and before you know it they're nowhere to be found yeah so again it doesn't discriminate they're yeah. they're they're just another addict they're just another alcoholic it's they're just they have more money to play mm. with you know gotcha that's yeah. a good point well I think that answered a lot of the questions that I could think of offhand. Is there anything else that you want to dive into that we haven't really covered? Um, well, no, I think we covered everything. But if you guys have any other questions, we do have Ask an Addiction Specialist, which is a Facebook page. You can actually find the link down at the bottom there, or you can go up in your bar on Facebook and you can type in Ask an Addiction Specialist. You can come on there and ask any questions that are addiction or alcoholic alcoholism related we have uh various people that are professionals that can answer your questions they're readily available or we have people that are in the recovery community that come on and ask whether it's for a loved one or for yourself you can always feel free to come and ask us at ask an addiction specialist also uh we provide intervention services if there's ever a family member a friend somebody that you can't handle and you can't help um, and you feel like it's out of your hands and you need somebody more professional to come in and try to tailor some kind of a uh, intervention plan, feel free to contact me. I'm connected with uh, several interventionists. We can always send a woman out, a man out, depending on the person's uh, criteria and what's going on with them, and see how we can help get them the proper help that they need. Um, I think that's all. Yeah, well said, Pej. Uh, if you learn something from this podcast, it, this is truly our, our mission is to provide you with the most helpful uh, content, both for you, for a loved one, and to better understand uh, addiction, recovery, and the sober journey. So if you did learn something from this, we would very much appreciate if you could go to iTunes in the description of this video. Give us a give us a review. Give us a five-star review if you're feeling fancy. Uh, It helps us extend our reach and positively impact more people. 
The last thing that I want to bring up is that this podcast is sponsored by Beginnings Treatment Center, made possible by them. They are an amazing Orange County facility that handles all levels of care, uh, from detox to residential to aftercare, amazing alumni program, family support, you name it. Uh, Check them out at beginningstreatment.com or give them a call at 800-387-6907. Pej, I think we covered a lot of ground today, my friend. I think we did. Sober grind out.